And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. High in the air. Brito back at the wall. Adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 115 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Grant Brisby. I'm here with Andy Baggerly, and, and we're doing the first podcast of the 2021 Giants season. How you doing, Andy? Can you think of a Giants player with the number 115? Um, Yes, uh, 150. <laughs> well, let's see. Is that a prime number? I'm trying to think. Is there even something that's divisible? No, maybe not. I cannot think of a giant with number 115, but if they keep retiring numbers, um, they might have to get there eventually. Either that or go with like irrational numbers or fractions, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, we could just do like uh, symbols, you know, wingdings. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm on board. I'm a hashtag uh, emoji face. (laughs) All right, so you watched the game. uh, Let's see, we're recording this on Monday. The first game of the spring was on Sunday. Were there any takeaways from this rigorous, exciting first exhibition game, the first game of the Cactus League, seven innings. Are the Giants going to win the, the World Series based on these seven innings? I think my main takeaway is that if I want to do an Amish barn raising, my first call <laughs> is to Connor Menez. Although he probably doesn't have electricity or a phone, so I'm probably going to have to send over someone to let him know to come out for said barn raising. Um, yeah, that beard was quite impressive. Uh, and, and Buster Posey, hey, he's back on the field. He he hit a, a single to right field and it got the first hit by a giant of the spring. Um, I mean, it's spring training. I, it's Everyone gets excited for the first game and, and I understand why, but it's, it's spring training. The it goal is. is to get out of there healthy. We know probably what most of the roster is going to look like. I think the fun thing is you look to see who the surprises are. Uh, maybe give Sam Long a little bit of a, a, a heads up as as uh, as, as a guy who could be a surprise this spring. There's always a few of them, uh, but mostly it's just get out of there healthy. And and you know what? That goes for the people in the stands as well as the people on the field this year. And, and I guess they were able to get 863 people uh, through the turnstiles safely. And, uh, uh, and let's just hope that continues. Yeah, no, it was definitely a different dynamic having fans there for the first time in oh, about a year. Um, but yeah, Connor Menez came out and he had a beard. And then the next inning, Zach Littell comes out and he had like a beard and I was just waiting for every, you know, beard to get wackier than the next. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> Jay Jackson stopped that. But it, you know, it like he said, it's spring. So you can't. What's Brian too Wilson much. doing here? Right. 
Oh, no. Black Ops, he snuck back in. Um, you're not looking for wins or losses. You're not, I mean, everyone knows the, the routine by now. You're looking for Buster Posey. Hey, he's there. He, he you know, he wrapped a single to, to right field. He looked pretty okay, and that's what you want to see. Um, but then you're also looking for those surprises. Like, you brought up Sam Long. I was going to bring him up because I think James Scherfee looked really good, too. But uh, Sam Long, is he's out there. He's throwing mid-90s. He's got command, control. He's, he's breaking off nasty breaking balls. That was a real, like, oh, hello sort of appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've seen it before. I remember seeing, you know, Ryan Vogel's song in his first spring back. And I'll never forget those a day at Salt River Fields. And he's, like, breaking bat after bat with that uh, cutter in. <laughs> And I'm like, this is this is legitimate. This is not just a guy putting up spring training numbers. And and that's what you look for. And, you know, full disclosure, uh, neither of us are there. Um, there are a few reporters who are there who are on site. Um, there's no access in person to players right now. Um, and, you know, it's it's uh, we're in a position, uh, thankfully, that we don't we're not being asked to to go if we're not comfortable going. And given where we are with the pandemic, it's still doesn't quite make sense to, to be in Arizona right now, at least for me personally. And so, you know, we're following along on, on the Zoom interviews and, and the things that uh, they're making available to us and the streaming uh, streaming uh, cams that they're making available to us and the games that we can watch on TV, obviously. Uh, we can see those. And uh, I guess uh, yesterday's game was the Angels are televising every spring game as they have for several years now. So um, they were able to show the game later on MLB Network in case you weren't able to see it. Um, but yeah, it's... You know, so it's a little bit harder to follow all of those little surprising developments. But, uh, you know, some of our comrades on the beat are, are, are keeping a close watch on things and um, and we're doing our best to to provide the coverage. Now, let me ask you, uh, I don't know if this is a philosophical question, if this if this cuts to the core of, of how you uh, consume baseball. Are you an early spring training guy or a late spring training guy? And what I mean by that is, are you more attuned to when the Giants are just throwing out these these players who aren't in the 40-man roster or prospects? You had uh, Marco Luciano yesterday, you had Patrick Bailey yesterday, um, or are you like more excited about as you get toward the the regular season? Rosters are starting to get thinned, and you're you're starting to see the team take shape. Which which one do you prefer? You know, I think it kind of depends on the context of where mm. the team is. If it's a team that you know is being built to win the World Series, you probably are more interested in what's happening late in spring and finding out you know what roles guys are going to have or, or how the roster is coming together. Uh, I think if you're following the Giants this year. Um, you know, they're, they're certainly hoping that they can get above 500 uh, for the first time in five years. Uh, they're hoping they can be on the fringes of contention in what is going to be an extraordinarily rigorous division. Um, but I think mostly you're looking at the future and you want to see a Marco Luciano at bat or see how he, you know, moves to his right side. And, and can he backhand a ball? How deep in the hole can he go at short? And, uh, you know, you want to see Elliot Ramos and, and Joey Bart and, uh, um, and, and the Sam Longs of the world and who the surprises might be. Because as you get you know, later in the spring, it's going to be mostly about getting guys work and, and keeping them sharp and, and being ready to, uh, to start the season. Uh, and, and maybe that's not as compelling uh, as, as seeing a lot of the guys 
who may get a chance and, and may be a part of, of the next good Giants team. Yeah, I think that's a good answer. I, I, I usually err towards the side of, you know, let me see guys like Patrick Bailey. Let me see uh, the, all the prospects you can throw at me. I never get tired of a new prospect. Uh, but at the same time, if you're, if you're watching the Dodgers or, you know, maybe even the Padres, you're thinking, okay, how is this all going to fit together? I want to see, I want to skip to the, the end. You know, I want to get through the trailers. I want to get to the regular season because there's so much excitement about those rosters. Um, now, looking at the bullpen, looking at it, I, I've got this half-formed idea, and I'm hoping you can sort of walk me through it. Uh, but the bullpen, like you, you think of it as, okay, it's going to be these eight pitchers. Uh, that's a bullpen. In normal years, it's you have eight pitchers. This is going to be the bullpen that you start with. But it feels like the Giants are setting themselves up to have like a 15-man bullpen with just a bunch of the pitchers being stashed away at Sacramento and coming down I-5 uh, or 80 whenever whenever convenient. Is that accurate? Are they going to play around with options? Is it going to be sort of a, a revolving door in that bullpen? Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. I, I think they, they realize they're going to need a lot of arms to get through the season. And if you start the season with a bunch of arms who are out of options or can't be sent to the minors, you're really not going to be able to keep the churn going and, and keep things fresh. And I, and, and I think we saw a really good example of that with, uh, you know, the decision they made to clear a 40-man space for Aaron Sanchez, and that was designating Trevor Gott for assignment. And I don't think that's because Trevor Gott was the worst reliever on the team, but he was probably the reliever they thought could get through waivers, uh, and he was out of options. So, you know, he stays in the organization. They did get him through waivers, but he's a guy that, you know, honestly, they can't afford to have too many guys on this uh, pitching staff who are out of options. And uh, it's all about maintaining flexibility, um, not only flexibility with, you know, uh, personnel, but, you know, just how you can send them up and down. And 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 there are a number of guys who still have options because there were some um, permutations in the rules last year where if you didn't spend um, X number of days in the minor leagues, even if you were optioned, you retain that option. Uh, and because the season was so short, there were more guys who fell into that category. Wandy Peralta, a great example of a guy who I thought was out of options, but it turns out he still got one. So um, yeah, I, I think for sure they're going to um, probably move guys up and down. And we say it every year. It's a big deal for the players. We make it an outsized deal from a media standpoint who stands on that chalk line on opening day. But, I mean, we've seen too many examples of it. The team on opening day is seldom the team uh, that you see in September, um, even on a team that wins the World Series. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that it's, it's always interesting to follow the roster and guess who's going to be on the opening day roster. But it, it's more about, hey, who looks really good and who looks like they're going to contribute for a big, wide chunk of the season. And that that's what I think is really fun to follow uh, in spring training. Now, with that said, so if you have this revolving door uh, and you, you're going to have these relievers who are put into the buckets that, that Gabe Kapler is, is fond of referring to, the high leverage bucket, the, the innings bucket, is there going to be a designated closer, do you think? Or do you think it's going to be a closer by committee? Because I've always felt like... Gabe Kapler wants a closer. He wants a guy who's going to be a little bit more reliable. It sets the rules for the rest of the bullpen. Or do you think that they're just going to wing it? It's a great question. I think it may be a mix of things. And, you know, I've talked to Kapler about this a little bit, and you saw it a little bit when he was with the Phillies. I don't think you're going to see a rigid approach to who the closer is. But the hope is always that someone undeniably becomes the best person for the job. And 
performs consistently in that job and provides that stability, like you said, so the rest of the bullpen can fall into roles. But even if that happens, I mean, even if they have a Mariano Rivera in their bullpen, if you got three really tough right-handed hitters in the heart of the order in the eighth, I think he's going to use his best reliever there, regardless of whether Reyes Maranta starts the year you know, 25 out of 25 in save chances. I still think there's going to be some flexibility there depending on, you know, which pockets of an opponent's lineup is coming up. And you know what? I keep forgetting, but there's no DH, at least right now. So although there will be on opening day because they'll be in Seattle, but, you know, we're going to have double switches to deal with. We didn't see how Gabe Kapler did that last year. He didn't have to. So yeah, there'll be a lot of permutations. We haven't seen the whole double switch factor with the whole three batter minimum factor yet. So, you know, in terms of his bullpen management, I still think there's a lot of, a lot we have to learn about Gabe Kapler and a lot we have to learn about uh, the Giants personnel. I think I entirely forgot about double switches. My mind is blown. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it it really does complicate things, doesn't it? Because you're thinking about um, well, I want this guy to face this guy, but if he doesn't get him out, he's going to have to face this guy. And if I make this move, I'm going to have to, you know, the, the pitchers do up, you know, third in the next inning, whatever. I mean, it, it really is going to make it uh, complicated. It is. And do we have any word? I've I've been looking for it, but I, I'm not sure if I missed something, but how Reyes Maranta is throwing if, he, if his velocity is up, because his injury was to his shoulder. And whenever you have a shoulder injury, it's not, you know, it's not just put a bandaid on it and come back in your, your old self. Sometimes the there, there's complications. Do, do we know how he's throwing? So I can tell you if I were in Scottsdale and I bring my binoculars every spring and I bring them for one purpose and that's so I can um, peek at the scouts radar guns behind home plate <laughs> and peep some radar gun readings because that's always something that, that, that tells you, uh, you know, where guys are at early on. And um, Maranta, I have not heard what his velocity is. Um, they say that they feel he's moving well on the mound. Um uh, I haven't heard a lot of glowing reports about his bullpens. Uh, Gabe Kapler has, has, has made a point to call out some people that he thought has been especially impressive. So far, the early chatter about Maranta has mostly been about conditioning, and mm. uh, and he's acknowledged that uh, you know he could probably stand to lose a few pounds. He was he was challenged to do that uh, before last off season, and, and and frankly, I think his conditioning was was the main reason, um, or one of the main reasons, or a contributing reason anyway, uh, why they didn't decide to you know have him return last. September. So, um, you know, it's, it's how he moves on the mound is what's important. Um, and, and so far he's a healthy guy and what the stuff is, I, I'm not sure. I think we're just going to wait to see how it plays against hitters. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. It's a really interesting mix of bullpen options that the Giants have accumulated. It seems like they always do. But you have, you have some of the holdovers from last year, like Sam Selman, Harleen Garcia, uh, Wandy Peralta, Tyler Rogers. Uh, but then you've got some new guys. I mean, you always have uh, Matt Whistler. I, am I pronouncing that right? Is it Whistler? I believe it is, yes. All right. Yes, yes. nailed that for me. Uh, Jake McGee, of course. But then you've got that whole gaggle of, of relief options. Nick Tropiano, I mean, maybe he 
he's the long guy. Maybe he's uh, starting depth. Uh, you have just just guy after guy, and you have to consider whether it's like a, uh, Scott Kazmir, Sean Yamaguchi, uh, the the pitchers who don't make the rotation. Maybe they're in the bullpen. They have just so many different looks that they might be able to to give you. I have no idea what it's going to look like on opening day. No, I cannot predict uh, the opening day bullpen because I think it's just a, a futile exercise. Yeah, and, and you know, Anthony Banda is a guy who can be a long reliever or give you some starting depth. Uh, we know that you know Silvino Bracho is a guy who's got some major league time. Uh, the Giants have always liked Tyler Sear. He hasn't quite broken through, but he's been really close. Um, and then the, the, they really like Matt Frisbee, uh, um, you know, a guy who uh, gives you a different look as well. And uh, and they've got Jimmy Scherfe, who I guess he went from Jimmy to James, and now he's told the Giants, no, he's going to be Jimmy again. So, oh, okay. Which, which I frankly find to be very reassuring because Jimmy Scherfe, James Scherfe is a fine baseball name. Jimmy Scherfe, a great baseball name. So um, either way, he's a name to watch. And uh and, and yeah, I think they're going to be very open-minded and, and look to protect as much inventory as they can. Uh, we know some of these guys will have opt-outs uh, toward the end of the spring. Um, and and we know that they're looking for all of the starting pitching depth that they can get. Uh, Yamaguchi, a guy who got $6 million in a multi-year deal from a major league club, you know, barely a year ago. And uh, he makes 17 relief appearances. The Blue Jays said they've seen enough. And so the Giants get him as an essentially free player. Um, Scott Casimir, a guy who would be a great story if he comes back and pitches for the first time in, in four seasons after already having one comeback of two seasons uh, without being in the big leagues. And, and it, you, you can tell that they are bringing in as many people as they can because they know after a, a year where they only played 60 games, everyone's going to be ramping up steeply this year. And nobody in, in baseball really knows how that's going to go or, or just how much is going to be, uh, how, how difficult that process is going to be as you load up innings on arms that, that, that have taken, you know, mostly a year off. So uh, the Giants are, are anticipating that they're going to have to uh, rely on a huge, huge deep pool of arms to get them through the season. And, um, you know, that's why they've, they've been adding people like Aaron Sanchez and Nick Tropiano and, and Yamaguchi and, and Kazmir, even after they got to Scottsdale. Yeah, this has been a subject of particular fascination to me. You know, do they have enough depth? And they keep bringing in guys like Kazmir and Yamaguchi. And I think they just have to do that because they have an idea of where, say, Sean Jelly uh, is in his development. They have an idea of where Seth Corey is in his development, but they don't have minor league games from last year they that they can point to. I mean, they have some instructional league for Corey, uh, guys like Gregory Santos, but it's you just don't have the information that you would have in a normal season. And it's not like the Giants were teaming with high minors prospects uh, to begin with. So they have to just keep bringing in these guys. They have to, you know, they claim Jordan Humphreys, getting him back on, on waivers just because you want another guy, another guy who's not totally raw, another guy who you know, I think Jordan Humphreys is 24. He's got some experience in, in double A. They need more of those guys, as many of them they can stuff onto the roster. Yeah, I mean, we're still very much in Petri dish mode. And I know that that's probably not what a lot of Giants fans want to hear. I mean, you're, you know, I wrote a story today talking at length with Farhan about Farhan Zaidi about where the next Giants star is going to come from, because we've gone from Barry Bonds to Tim Lincecum to Buster Posey. And that's 25 years of having a hugely marketable recognizable fan favorite people have won Cy Young MVP awards on your roster and this is the last guaranteed year for Buster I, I do think there's a decent chance that he's still around after that but but obviously he's not 
you know, uh, he hasn't played at an all-star type level in several years. So where's that next big star going to come from? And, and when will they stop sort of using these seasons as Petri dishes and trying to get guys off waivers and, you know, making minor trades and, 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 and playing platoons and giving people opportunities? Well, you know, I think they will get to that point, especially next year as, as they have a lot more financial freedom. But they're still very much in that mode, and and it's it's not really what Giants fans want to hear because you've got Fernando Tatis Jr. signing three hundred million dollar extensions, you've got Mookie Betts in L.A. Um, but uh, you know it's it's uh, they're going to use this season, I think, to to shuffle a lot of people through and still try to sift through and find more value and find more people that that can be uh, you know uh, play, play supplemental roles on the next really good Giants team and and really you know hammer down on on where they're going to have to make those big investments and what what parts of the roster they're going to they feel are going to need the big furniture pieces and you know maybe by the end of the season they'll have an even better notion of that one of the most surprising aspects of this new front office and i guess it's not so new anymore this is the third season of the far anxiety era and looking at the roster one thing that i never would have predicted never would have predicted back in 2019 beginning of the season is just how old this team is and Everyone in the starting lineup is going to be at least 30 years old, except for Mauricio Dubon. Everyone in the rotation is going to be over 30, with the exception of Aaron Sanchez or Logan Webb. It's just an old team. and Everyone is is over 30, with a few exceptions. Aaron Sanchez is one of the youngest players on the projected roster. Uh, He's the same age as Austin Slater, as Reyes Maranta. You know, these these guys are 28 and older, and those are the young guys. Um, But it it makes sense. Like, I look at this roster, it's not like, what the heck is this guy doing here? It's not like they have Jose Vizcaino playing first base. You know, it's, it's, it's a roster that makes sense. And it's just surprising at how you think of when Zaidi came in, it's like, well, he's going to tear it down. There's going to be a rebuild. And then they're out of the ashes is going to be the beautiful Phoenix rising up to the to the heavens. It's not like that. It's it's a very functional team. And it's very old. You know, that's a really, really good observation. And you'd think, what are they doing? Why are they going to give at bats to? And I, I don't mean to pick on anybody here, uh, but why would you give at bats to someone like Darren Ruff when right. you could give those at bats to someone from your farm system? And I think, you know, a generation earlier, you probably would see a, a, a front office that comes in, just bring up everyone from AAA and see what you have. But they have so many more um, tools, uh, evaluation based tools at their disposal now. And they probably looked at a lot of the players they inherited and said, nope, we don't need to invest at bats here. Um, nope, we don't need to invest at bats here. Um, and and the, the plug that they've pulled on people has been pretty quick, whether it's Connor Joe and Michael Reed or, or Jalen Davis last year or, um, you know, you could uh, Stephen Duggar has really not gotten a lot of runway when he has had uh, uh, some healthy time uh, and, and hasn't put really – uh, high impact at bats together. Um, you know they they've really kind of moved on from one thing to the next pretty quickly, and in some ways, in some cases, uh, they would probably acknowledge not too fairly uh, to to players. So um, yeah, right now they're looking to when they're filling holes, you want to fill holes with players who are not going to block the players in your system when those players in the system are finally ready. And, you know, who knows if that's going to be later on this year or next year with guys like Joey Bart, Elliot Ramos, Marco Luciano, Will Wilson, Logan Wyatt, take your pick. Um, But they haven't wanted to block those positions. Well, you're not going to sign, you know, a a marquee free agent to a five-year contract uh, that's going to block a position. You're not going to make a trade for somebody who, um, 
you know is is younger who otherwise is making a lot of money because that would block a position so you know by i think by nature the players that end up being available to you that you want to get to sort of patch holes short term are going to be older players and that's kind of where where they are but i do think we're going to see that youth infusion coming and if if they do it right we're going to see it pretty soon yeah it, it has to do with a lot of the gifts that were left over uh, uh from the evans regime where you have a minor league system that's uh, that's ascendant. You have Marco Luciano's a chance to be one of the very best prospects in baseball if he's not already, but he's he's a ways away. You had uh, in the upper minors, it's basically Barton, Elliott, Ramos, and just how ready they are for a, an everyday position. You know that that's very very debatable. But the Giants' strength is the lower minors. You know Luis Tribu, guys guys down in A ball or High A. You know they might start in San Jose this year. Um, that's where the Giants' strength is, and that's not that's great, but it's not a strength that will help the 2021 Giants. So you might as well have you know Donovan Solano, 33 year old at second base, as long as the, the dude's hitting 330 or whatever. Yeah, why wouldn't you have him in there? You're gonna take a chance on a guy like Darren Ruff, you know, even without a DH because you want that right handed power that you've been searching for for a couple of years, whether it's Tyler Austin or Aaron Altair. Like they've been looking for this guy, and now they think they might have him. They're gonna give him a shot so it's just a really nice like the Giants minor league system strength just didn't fit with helping the team in the immediate future so it's been complimentary of the, this roster that they've built with the future of the Giants and I think that one thing that differentiates themselves from you know like an Orioles or the Pirates is that I think there is still a mandate kind of from ownership that hey we're, we don't want to tank you know we understand that that this requires a lot of patience and there aren't going to be a lot of quick fixes, especially given the context of the division. But we don't want to tank either. We want to be as competitive as we can. Um, but, you know, we want to invest smartly in, in both, you know, payroll and knowing that the, there, there's, there, there is some entanglements they have to work through uh, that should alleviate themselves by the end of this year. But also they want to invest their innings and their at-bats smartly. And that can be players who have been, haven't gotten the opportunity elsewhere that they think they can unlock something uh, interesting there. And we've already seen that with, you know, a Mike Yastrzemski being the prime example. Um, but so, you know, they're very much looking to kind of how can we make the best use of this time and who can we invest in knowing that, you know, it's not just about, you know, throwing all the kids out there and losing 100 games and getting a high draft pick that that's not part of what they want to do as an organization. They do want to be at least somewhat interesting and compelling uh, and, and maybe not shoot for the moon or, or make moves based on marketing, but you know, uh, still try their best to, to really be competitive. And, and you know, anyone who, who followed them last year, they were a fun team to watch. And I know we've said that over and over. And, um, you know, it, yeah, it was an expanded postseason. And, yeah, it was only 60 games. And, yeah, they probably their pitching would have been exposed over a 162-game season. And they probably would have, you know, f uh, gone quite a bit under 500, I think. Uh, but, you know, you look at it, and even without an expanded postseason, they were only, what, three games out of, of a playoff spot. So, you know, they were a fun team to watch last year. And I think in the interim, uh, until they really – uh, get really good again and start making those huge investments in, in star players again, uh, the, the best thing you can hope for is that they're fun to watch and fun to follow. And I think last year they were. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Now, you've covered very bad teams before. You've covered very fun teams before. You know, we both have. And yeah. I got to tell you, you've got this dichotomy of, of you know, uh, oh, it's rebuild or you're contending. Like, that's it. You know, and it, it's not quite like that. And the Giants have shown that over the last year, that it's not always about rebuild or contending. Sometimes it's it's just putting an interesting team out there. And I got to tell you, when I was doing the, the television show Giants Outsiders, so that's a post-post game show. So you have a, a three, four-hour baseball game, then you have an hour of post-game show, and then you have, you know, my my nonsense coming on after that. And for the 2018 Giants, it was bad. It was hard to do. It was, you had been there for hours and you'd watch mind-numbingly bad baseball, and then you're supposed to get up and talk about it on live TV. That sucked. It was just like, you know, I wanted, I, I got where they, why they were there. I got why they traded McCutcheon. I, like, I understood it all. It just sucked. And it, it wasn't fun to watch. It wasn't fun to talk about. So give me at least a half interesting team and, and I'll take that over a number one overall draft pick any day. I think that, didn't you just turn it into ballplayers and their pets half the time? <laughs> Pretty much. It was, this was when Therese Vignal was, was on uh, maternity leave. So it was me, it was Grant's outsiders. It was, it was myself and Grant Liffman. And we would just look at each other throughout the whole game like what are we gonna talk about this team is terrible yeah. and uh, I, I kind of entered a fugue state and I don't I don't really remember much about that season yeah yeah I mean compelling can can mean a lot of different things the, the obvious ways and, and maybe the the less obvious ways and I just know from being a fan of of, of other sports that you know I I don't really hope that you know northwestern is going to win the national championship every year but you know get get me to a nice bowl game and and give me a team that i feel good rooting about and give me some players that uh that that uh you know represent the school well and 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 give me some exciting finishes and 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 an offense that's relatively functional and and um you know so i i can tune in thinking that they've got a chance to win even in a game where they're you know double digit underdogs and and that that's that to me is a is a is a fine season and it's fun and, and and maybe one day we'll get to the Rose Bowl again but uh, you don't think it's going to happen every year yeah I don't want to cross the streams too much but I'll just real quick with the Warriors uh, you know they they had the number two overall pick with, and they got James Weissman that's great they lost a lot of games to get there but I'm having more fun watching them this year than I've had in, in years just because it's just a fun team and they're going to you know it's not they would be better off if they had the number one overall pick next year but at the same time it's just fun and I'm enjoying every time the Warriors are on I'm, I'm having fun watching them and I think that should be the goal for the Giants is 
is yeah, you want the best prospects and the number one picks, and but you just want to have fun watching them. I think last year they were, and this year they have an older roster, uh, an older lineup for sure, an older rotation. But they have a chance to be fun. This this team could be fun. Maybe not a contender. Maybe they're not going to win the NL West. But they're going to annoy the Dodgers and the Padres, I would think. I also think it would be more fun if people could actually go to games. So <laughs> let's keep our fingers crossed that we have that. Um, and that, you know, obviously that conditions are are healthier and safer that would allow for that to happen. Because this is, we've all dealt with, uh, um, you know, uh, all of this pandemic stuff for, for a long time, too. And that's that, that's been a, a challenge, obviously, in a lot of ways to, to be a baseball fan throughout all this. But we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Last time I saw you, I believe, was on the, the final game of the season, or the, I think it was the final weekend of the season. Uh, that was September. Uh, I got to tell you, you're not prepared for my hair. <laughs> I've seen pictures. I know. I am prepared. This is, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm in straight ponytail territory now. Like it, It's just, it is... Uh, it's a lot, and it, it doesn't look good. Um, but I'm committed. Can we do some cornrows there, maybe some dreads. Uh, I don't know. Oh man, you, you've got think of the options. You've got options. I do, and what I want, well, the whole point of this is that when I'm vaccinated, when I feel comfortable going into a barber shop again, I'm going to get this damn haircut. But I want there to be a before and after because I was squeaky clean when I was in Scottsdale last year. I had a very short hair. I think I might have even shaved my beard. And now I just, I look wretched and I want there to be that before and after. And, you know, in between I'll get a mullet and handlebar mustache. But <laughs> I really want the before and after just as to show my grandkids, like, this is what a year of pandemic does to you. You don't want the pandemic, kids. So, I'm, yeah, I'm on yeah. Board. And, and then we, we turn it right back around to Connor Menez's beard. And, and by the way, Mauricio <laughs> Dubon told us on a Zoom call the other day that, that he gained 12 pounds over the offseason and he was eating 4,300 calories a day. And I thought, hey, I, I, I did the same thing. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people did. <laughs> I am half Thin Mints right now, so I have also gained 12 pounds. All right. This has been episode 115 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I'm feeling a little loose. I'm starting to starting to get my, my, uh, my season stamina up, but it's not there yet. So uh, we'll come back with 116 soon. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and we uh, enjoyed doing the podcast. That was the sloppiest <laughs> outro I've ever done. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.